Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me! For I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into, the, into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants." And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again 
He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now, his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Thus ends the reading of the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, a very powerful chapter. Our Lord is approached, we see here, by those who were notorious sinners. A publican is not a political party. Rather, it was a group of people that worked for the Romans. Yes, the oppressive, tyrannical Romans who had stolen the government of the tribes of Israel. And they would collect more than what was their due. They were greedy. They were wicked. They were evil. And therefore, all polite society in Israel wanted nothing to do with them, nor with the harlots and the sinners. They were outcasts in that society. But here you see that they desire to come near. Why? Why do they want to draw near? For to hear him. They want to know the doctrines of Jesus Christ. They want to hear the good news of salvation through his crucifixion. They want to hear his laws and his commandments. What he tells them to do as their king. This is why they come near and they call this repentance. They come to repent of their sins. But the Pharisees and the scribes, those who were notoriously learned in the scriptures, who knew the Old Testament and all the theological truth that had been handed down from the fathers and the traditions added to the scriptures, they knew all these things. And the scribes who made copies of the Bible, that was their profession. Professional Bible men. The doctrinal leaders, the Bible men, how do they respond when they see a sinner come to repentance? Ah, why does he receive these sinners? He even sits down and eats with them. They find fault. They complain. And so our Lord does not directly attack them. He attacks them by the back door. He speaks a parable. You have undoubtedly men and women in the crowd. So first he addresses the men. Which one of you, he says, having a hundred sheep, you lose one, you will go and find it. 
The 99 are safe. The one is lost. Don't you care about your sheep? Wouldn't you go and wouldn't you be glad if you found that lost sheep? Certainly you would. Now you women, you have 10 pieces of silver and you lose one of them. Now kids, in the ancient world, women when they were married would be given what's called a dowry. And many women in the Middle East would wear their dowry on their forehead. You ever seen this? Pictures of women with coins dangling in their face. This would be the 10 coins, the 10 silver coins. That's what she got. That's her whole life savings. It's all that she owned. And what would she do if she lost one of those 10 coins? She'd find it. Have you ever lost a toy that you love? Some valuable possession that you desire to have and you can't find it? What do you do? You clean your bedroom finally and you find it. There it is, under the mountains of clothing. There's that toy I wanted and so she does. She lights a candle, she sweeps, and she seeks diligently, as we'll consider. Scripture says no man seeks diligently after God, but here the woman is seeking diligently until she finds her coin, until she has her prize back. And then it says that she calls her friends. The word here is actually feminine. Her lady friends. Men wouldn't care, but her lady friends would care. She found her coin. She's rejoicing and she wants everyone to rejoice with her. Here we see the heart and spirit of the gospel, that God rejoices to see sinners come to repentance. There is none too far gone, no sheep wandering too far, no coin sullied in the earth and lost to its owner, that God will not go out and seek and rejoice when they come to repentance. This is a smack in the face by the back door. Think about the Pharisees and the scribes. You should know better. You should have known the Old Testament. What did God do when his people were like a harlot? He went after and sought for her and said, Please come back. Please turn from your evil ways. And when Israel repented, God rejoiced. There was joy in heaven to see sinners come to repentance. And those who knew as Bible men, as masters and teachers in Israel, they should know this. God rejoices when sinners come to repentance, and so should we. Our Lord then seals the deal, clinches the bargain with the parable of the lost sons, sometimes called the parable of the prodigal son. But you'll notice he says, verse 11, a certain man had two sons. This parable describes both We're going to consider later that we all go off of God's way. And there are two ways. Luther called them the right hand and the left hand of God's way. God's way says, go here. Those who go on the right are filled with a sense of their own righteousness and importance. They are the scribes. They are the Pharisees. They are us religious people raised in the church who know the Bible from our youth who might even say a good catechism or memorize scripture. We have all the right answers. And we are righteous people. We do good things. We are like this son. I've ever been slaving for you, Father. Some on the left hand. This one says, I want my stuff. Give me my inheritance. I'm leaving. 
I want my portion of the goods. This would have been a third of his father's estate. The firstborn son would get a double portion and the younger would get a single portion. A third of his father's estate. And it says here that he wasted it with riotous living. The word is asotos in Greek. It means one who does not save. God is our soter, our savior. He preserves us. He brings us to everlasting life. This man was without saving. A third of his father's state, blown and gone. You might say, maybe he went to Vegas. He gambled it all away. He wasted it with lacking savings. He was not responsible. He spent all. And then what happens? A mighty famine comes and he realizes his need. He desires to eat pig slop. Have you kids ever seen pig slop? Or maybe you feed it to your chickens? You take table scraps? Would you ever want to sit down and eat that for lunch? Take a bucket of table scraps and say, Mmm, delicious. I'm so hungry. I could eat the chicken scraps. Does that sound good? Sounds disgusting, doesn't it? And yet, to this unsaving son, this man living in riotous living, and the famine comes, he says, I'll take anything. Give me something to eat. He comes to himself then, in this process of need and want, seeing he has nothing to offer, he has no goods. What about my father? He has slaves who eat better than this. I will return. This brings him to repentance His mind is changed about his circumstances. And he realizes the evil of his way. Because God deprives him of the goods of this life, he finally comes to his senses and says, I'll return, I will repent, I will acknowledge that I've sinned against God in heaven, and I've sinned against my Father, both tables of the law. I've not loved the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I've not honored my Father I'm a sinner. And also, I am not worthy to be counted as your son. I deserve to be cut off. I deserve to be judged. I deserve to be a slave rather than a son. And he goes to his father, ready to acknowledge his sins. And the father again sees him afar off. He delights in his son. He gives him all the marks of sonship, the best robe, the ring, the fatted calf, the music, the dancing, all these great things. He says, I welcome you back because it is not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but it's according to his mercy that he has saved us and called us with a holy calling. And so he returns to his father. The father is moved with compassion. But guess who is not moved with compassion? Remember Luther's right hand and left hand. The one on the right hand ditch says, I'm a righteous person. I've been serving you. The word literally means I've been slaving for you all these years. Never once, he says, did I ever transgress your commandments. Imagine the blindness. I've never sinned against you, Father. I'm righteous. And you never made me a calf. You never gave me even a little kid that we could slaughter and have a feast. 
I work hard for you, Lord. I'm worthy of your blessings. And now I'm bitter that you have not blessed me as you bless this off with the harlot sort of person. Now, Scripture does not say that the younger son used his money with harlots. This is the wickedness of the self-righteous boiling up, making the sin worse than it actually was. Scripture says he didn't save his money. The elder brother says he must have had it with harlots. What do you think the elder brother wanted? Harlots. That must be what he wants too. That's how he spent his money. The uncharitable, self-righteous, self-condemned sinner. And so our Lord very skillfully shows two things. One, we should be glad when we see a profligate sinner on the left-hand ditch, seeing them come to Jesus Christ to hear his words, to repent of their sins. God rejoices in heaven and we should rejoice on earth. And two, he says to the self-righteous, to the goody two-shoes, to the one who trusts in themselves that they never transgress the Father's commandment, You too are a sinner. You too need to repent of your sins. God has one way, and it does not matter which ditch you are on. You must come back to his way. You must repent and return to him. Trust in his mercy, and you shall be saved. Amen. Please open your Psalters to Psalm 